Shadow Point by Gordon Reaney. It is the 41st millennium. For more than a hundred centuries, the Emperor has sat immobile on the golden throne of Earth. He is the master of mankind by the will of the gods, and master of a million worlds by the might of his inexhaustible armies. He is a rotting carcass, wreathing invisibly with power from the dark age of technology. He is the carrion lord of the Imperium, for whom a thousand souls are sacrificed every day, so that he may never truly die. Yet even in his deathless state, the Emperor continues his eternal vigilance. Mighty battle fleets cross the demon-infested miasma of the warp, the only route between distant stars, their way lit by the Astronomicon, the psychic manifestation of the Emperor's will. Vast armies give battle in his name on uncounted worlds. Greatest amongst his soldiers are the Adeptus Astartes, the Space Marines, bioengineered super warriors. Their comrades in arms are Legion, the Imperial Guard, and countless planetary defense forces, the ever vigilant Inquisition, and the tech priests of the Adeptus Mechanicus, to name only a few. But for all their multitude, they are barely enough to hold off the ever-present threat from aliens, heretics, mutants, and worse. To be a man in such times is to be one amongst untold billions. It is to live in the cruelest and most bloody regime imaginable. These are the tales of those times. Forget the power of technology and science, for so much has been forgotten, never to be relearned. Forget the promise of progress and understanding. For in the grim, dark future, there is only war. There is no peace amongst the stars. Only an eternity of carnage and slaughter and the laughter of thirsting gods. Prologue The burning god sat immobile upon his smouldering throne feeling the pulse and flow of the life energy of the place ebb through him. He had sat there for an eternity, as mere mortal beings reckon such things, dreaming dreams of battles past and battles still to come, and thinking thoughts which not even the longest livid of his race's savants could ever truly fathom. There were others of his kind out there in the universe beyond, other fractured splinters of the same original being, dreaming their own dreams and feeling the life flow of their own homeworlds pulse through them. So few of them left, the burning god lamented. Once there had been worlds upon worlds of them, and in his dreams he could still see them as they once were. He saw a race at the height of its glory, revelling in its own power and majesty, capable of reforming entire worlds to suit its own purpose, able to reach out to probe the deepest mysteries of time and space. All gone now. It lamented. Now there were only these few poor remnants left, seeds drifting in the gulf of space, a scattered diaspora struggling to hold back the tide of darkness, which would one day still rise up to engulf all that had once been. But not yet, the warrior god knew. Not yet. Not while it and those like it still existed to protect all that remained of their race and hold back the darkness for just a little longer. Slowly, though, in a period reckoned over decades, the warrior god had been stirring in its sleep. 
There was war being waged amongst the stars, it knew. There was always war. The lesser, younger races seemed to have been born both for and from war. But it knew that somehow this war was different. It heard the distant wraith-bone voices singing of war between the Monkai corpse worshippers and the human servants of the Great Abomination. And the songs interrupted its dreams in a way in which they never had before. The burning god looked into its dreams of the future for answers and saw that for the first time in millennia, it would soon be called upon again. Its dreams were troubled. It saw a convergence of many intersecting fate lines ahead of it, and, after that, its dream images of the future were too vague and indistinct to be properly discerned. Something lay just over the horizon of its perception, a shadow point, where many possible futures lay in wait, which not even its omniscient dream vision could bring properly into focus. For the first time in long, long millennia, the burning god knew something approximating fear, and its fear communicated itself through ancient wraith-bone pathways to the living mind of its drifting homeworld. The wraith-bone amplified the dreaming god's concerns and communicated them to the other drifting islands out in the darkness. The faint but growing alarm call spreading through the far-flung diaspora like ripples across the surface of a pond. Slowly, but surely, the first stirring of a call to arms began amongst the closest neighbouring islands, and the burning gods' dreams of bloody and fiery carnage to come began to seep into the minds of its warrior acolytes. Within the god itself, the ancient furnace of its heart began to beat with greater strength, as it pumped torrid streams of living fire through the god's immobile limbs, shaking off the languor of too many millennia of inactivity. The burning god was beginning to stir to life, and when fully awakened, its wrath would be terrible to behold. Part 1. Conspiracies. Chapter 1. They had been torturing the warp-spawn creature for six days now. Endless torture, without relief or remission, using methods known only to the Inquisition's finest interrogator adepts. For six days now, they had been working in shifts to visit misery and abominations on living flesh that could not easily be imagined by most ordinary subjects of the Imperium. And, no matter what they did, no matter what manner of gruesome cruelties they inflicted, they had so far been neither able to kill it nor to induce it to give up whatever warp-born secrets it had to tell. It was contained within a null field in an adamantium-walled chamber buried 300 metres below the surface. There was no way that the sound of its screams and babbling blasphemous shrieks could even be heard outside the examination cell, and yet somehow some aspect of its agonies seemed to transmit themselves up through the layers of armour-plas and adamantium shielding which entombed this deepest and most secret sublevel of the Inquisition fortress. Its screams echoed silently in the minds of everyone within the place, penetrating through whatever psychic wards and screens existed to protect the citadel and its occupants from demonic intrusion. Only a precious, oath-sworn few even knew of the thing's existence, and yet somehow all sensed its presence. There had been a wave of suicides and murderous fights amongst the prisoners held in the ordinary detention levels above. Horse knew 
No doubt prompted by the invisible currents of psychic horror emanating up from the thing imprisoned down there. Even the hand-picked and veteran members of the senior Inquisitor's retinue seemed shaken and unnerved by such close proximity to the entity. Remarkably, however, the creature's presence amongst them had had a most unexpected effect on the soul of at least one unwilling guest of the Inquisition. Two days ago, guards had come running in answer to the cacophony of screams and babbling pleas coming from the cell of Gorgio Neferus, the so-called body-gatherer fiend of Bergamio, and captive of the Ordo Hereticus. For two months now, the renegade surgeon had held his silence, revelling in his own planet-wide infamy and answering with a mocking smile his interrogator's demands to recant his sins and reveal the whereabouts of the remains of his many missing victims. Now, however, the terror of the back alleys of Bergamio, the third largest city here on the Gothic sector world of Leith, had brushed minds with the thing held in the crypts below and had understood something of what true evil really was. He was currently to be found in a confession chamber, begging forgiveness from a stern-faced ecclesiarchic confessor as he kept a small team of scribes busy with a non-stop babbling litany of the details of his multitude of crimes. The size of this list, and the enormous and previously unsuspected numbers of his victims over the course of his centuries-long murder spree amongst the poor and destitute of Bergamio, had stunned even his interrogators. Horse had little doubt that this catalogue of atrocity, when finally completed and codified, would be enough to allow the local Arbites force to clear out several record rooms of files on hitherto unsolved cases and hopefully bring some kind of comfort into the minds of the families of Gorgio's many victims. A figure which had so far stood at some 12,000 dead though the number was reckoned to possibly double by the time the repenting heretic had completed his confession. It was a pitifully small solace, Horse knew. The confession, and eventually the execution of one lone heresy-ridden maniac, significant only in local, perhaps even planetary terms, but completely infinitesimal in scale compared to the tumultuous events happening throughout the Gothic sector. This was why he was here, on this world, when so many possibly greater and more urgent matters called for his attention elsewhere within this war-torn sector of imperial space. This was part of the mission he had embarked upon when the High Masters of the Inquisition had first dispatched him to the Gothic Sector eleven years ago, when they had first suspected the stirring to life of forces within the Eye of Terror when they had dimly perceived the first awful warp whispers of the despoiler's intent to unleash a new and deadly black crusade upon the worlds of the Imperium of Mankind. As he exited the elevator and walked down the corridor towards the single adamantium-reinforced and rune-inscribed door at the end of the passage, Horst recalled other passages from that mission and other stages on the journey which had led to this moment. And I bet you want to know more, don't you? Well, you're going to have to wait, because I'm nowhere near ready to do this all yet, or put it out yet. But uh, hopefully I will soon, you know. Touch wood. Uh, thank you all for the support and the continued support. And if you'd like to support the channel, please do use the links in the description below, whatever you like best. Uh, you, easy, the easiest one is just to click the join button below and become a YouTube channel member. That would be the easiest one. But uh, thank you, everybody. I hope you're looking forward to the next part in the, uh, the saga of the Lord Solar Macarius and uh, Captain Leighton Semper and all the other 
gang, all the rest of the gang. And uh, yeah, it's coming soon. And uh, this is a great addition, right? Addition. I know a lot of people read the Executioner one, but this one kind of went under the radar. I'm not sure why. Maybe it was because like, I don't know. I'm just looking at what came out at the time. Eisenhorn was there. It was very popular. Um, I guess the Soul Drinkers was quite popular. Gaunt's Ghost was just like the big deal at the time. Like this came out about the time of Straight Silver. So this is a while back. So it's about, I want to say like 2002, 2002, 2002? like early 2000s. So um, yeah, it's quite old, but uh, it's an oldie but a goldie. And Gordon Reaney, I find his work just amazing. You know, like, He's got such a debt. I mean, don't get me wrong. Dan Abnett's amazing. We all love Dan Abnett and Will and Bill King as well. But uh, Gordon Reen, he's got a sort of a real vicious streak to him. Like uh, he's very imaginative in the uh, horror and despair he's able to portray. <laughs> They're like, ooh, ooh, nasty. But even that there, where he's like a real crit, like he, like basically like Dexter meets a chaos demon, and suddenly he's repenting his sins. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> confessing everything anyway I'll uh it's just a cleverness it's a, he's got a certain like he's got a, he comes at it from a different point of view uh than like some of the others do and he's got a sort of a really dark streak to him which I really like and again he's one of the founders of like 40k really in the modern sort of context since we left behind that stupid stuff from Rogue Trader with like the Doctor Who the pretend Doctor Who character all that like lame science fiction you know we left that all behind us and we embraced true grim dark because it was better Anyway, bye-bye. See you later.